Kreusor, welcome to Recovery Now Radio, which is brought to you in conjunction with Adveriad Recovery and Livingroom Cardiff. Adveriad Recovery is a registered charity offering specialist support to those with co-occurring substance misuse and mental health conditions. Livingroom Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all-addictions approach including gambling, alcohol, drugs, both prescribed and illicit, sex, eating disorders, gaming, etc., or any other harmful behaviour. We welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery. Family members and friends are also catered for. For further details, please see the Adveriad Recovery website, www.adveriad.org.uk and www.livingroom-cardiff.com. Diochen Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by The Living Room and Adveriad. Let's recover together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Recovery Now Radio, coming to you from a very ad in the living rooms. Um, I'm Julie, your presenter, and today's guest, who is a very special guest, our very first international guest, all the way from Doha, is Anne. Hi, Anne. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. This oh, is so exciting. Thank you so much for doing this for us. So uh, it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to this interview. It'll be great. Thank you. Me too. Okay, but it's baking hot there, is it? It's baking hot. Summer is coming. You know, today we have about 36 degrees. Wow. <laughs> and it's going to get they... hotter. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is just the start. Soon it will be 50. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, um, we'll start off with your first choice of music. Um, today you've chosen Dancing Queen by ABBA, a great favorite. So why did you choose this song, Anne? Uh, because I'm Swedish and ABBA is number one and you know when I was a kid uh, I used to dance in front of the, the mirror with this one and I was a happy kid you know happy joyous and free kid so this is you know just happiness this is Fun. happiness fantastic <laughs> thank you
Oh, that was Abba and Dancing Queen. Um, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by Adveriad in the Living Room. So, Anne, that great song to start off with. <laughs> Took me back a little bit, <laughs> dancing around yeah. my bedroom too. <laughs> ooh, ooh, you know, it makes you happy. You yeah. know, it's just a happy tune. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves Abba. Absolutely. So let's start. We'll, we'll just perhaps if you'd just like to tell us a little bit about you growing up as a child and also about perhaps your first experience with alcohol, if you want to. Start. Yeah. So why I chose that song was actually because it's such a uh, what do you say? It's such a signature of my childhood. You know, I was a happy, joyous kid. I come from a, a background of, um, you know, I have nothing to to, to blame. You know, uh, my childhood was happy. Uh, I'm from Sweden, as you may hear here <laughs> in my Swedish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I come from a family with two elder brothers. They are 10 and nine years older. And my parents, you know, it was just a, a great childhood. And my mom, she was a um, housewife. She was home with me. And um, it was just one of those pink childhoods. And I, I wish I could have something to blame, you know, like, oh, yeah, it was terrible, terrible childhood. That's why I start drinking. But it was nothing but, you know, nothing at all like that. And when I had my first drink, I was 13 um, and we were on our way to like, um, I come from this small town and the big thing was go to the to the discotheque, you know, like the, the dancing place. Mm. And we were on our way there and we all shared a, a bottle of wine. And I remember it was just coming home. And because I was not, you know, like a shy kid or anything like that. I just, uh, I used to describe it as I was extra, extra, extra everything when I, you know, had that mm-hmm. first drink. I was so courageous I was so super happy Uh, I was just like it was like I was flying you know it was such a great experience and I wanted it back you know so it really really took you out of yourself to to be a a bigger person Uh, you know even more of me because I'm kind of a happy happy person and I was even more happy you know it was taking like one of those elixir of happiness Uh it was just so wonderful but it never you know that first thing never came back ever no No. and 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 with the group that you were mixing with then were, were, were they all experimenting with alcohol as well or yeah I mean we were a bunch of young kids you know we were child children so yeah I mean we all were experimenting and thought it was uh, exciting because it was forbidden and and I think I was uh, I, I was also always say that I kind of was stuck in the age mm. of 30 mm. uh, because when I started drinking that was the, the first time and everything were it was always around everything was around alcohol so I was mm. always planning the next one mm. so how can I, we get a booze for the next weekend so mm. I was always planning and I found my diary not too long ago and from that year 80 whatever it was 87 1987 I'm so old anyway it's a long (laughs) way back 
<laughs> and and I see that it's like oh, soon it's weekend, soon it's time for drinking again, you know. Mm. And it was Just always in in that grip of it, even at that yeah. such a young age. Yeah. yeah, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you know, it had me for what is it, twenty something something years because I became sober when yeah. I was thirty nine. Yeah. So quite okay. many years. Okay, well, we'll we'll stop there and yeah. um, we'll listen listen to your next piece of music. We've got to fit the music in around the story. So yes, um, yes, yes, yeah. So your next piece you've you've chosen um, just can't get enough by Depeche Mode. Would you like mm -hmm. to say why this particular track? Oh, this is the the soundtrack from my teenagers. You know, this was the the tune I was listening to always, and it's also kind of is symbolic for because I couldn't get enough I couldn't get enough and I was always out dancing and partying and you know and it's still a favorite song actually I love it <laughs> lovely
So that was um, Depeche Mode and Just Can't Get Enough. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, um, coming to you from the living rooms and at Veriad. Um, today's guest is Anne, who's kindly come along to talk about her addiction to alcohol and her recovery. So Anne, quite early on, really, alcohol had started a relationship. Yeah, you, very it? early. Got you very much into its grips. Um, so would you just like to progress with the story now to... to sort of what what happened next yeah so I mean uh, from that age of 13 when my first drink was I am I I was hooked you know so Mm -hmm. hooked but I didn't see it as a problem at the at the the beginning because we don't see that we have problem Mm -hmm. you know some of us go through life without even knowing that we have a problem Mm -hmm. But for me, I was um, I was in theater, in drama, and you know that was my my biggest interest. So I was applying for um, uh, like a what is it called college mm-hmm. uh, after after the the normal school. So I went to this theater and drama college in another town. So I moved from my parents and and I moved to this town and I went to this theater and drama college, like fame school almost (laughs) so yeah so and for me you know I remember the first six months I needed to live in a house um where my uh, who the 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 family was friends to to my parents because they needed to have a bit of control over me Mm -hmm. and then after six months I moved from there (laughs) to this uh collective uh, house you know do you say that do you know you yeah like a a, a shared accommodation with other students Yeah, yeah yeah So this was, you know, from the hippie 60s. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was, I think we were about 25, 30 people living in this very big villa. And we used to have a brewery in, in, uh, in, the, in the basement. And that was like, wow. wow. For me, that was like coming to, I don't know, heaven. So, and to be fair, uh, it's just a big blur, the whole college. I don't remember much. Coming from college, I moved to the capital in Sweden, Stockholm. I did my, my, um, we needed to do like practice. Uh, So I was doing my practice in a theater. I got a job in the theater after school and uh, I moved to Stockholm. And, you know, those years after college is also a big blur because it was all about alcohol and working in a the theater, you know, we have all these premieres of the, the place. And, you know, it was always a lot of red wine and mm-hmm. partying. So I kind of didn't see that I was drinking too much. And I don't think, well, I don't think that I thought that the people around me saw that I had a problem, but everyone saw that I had a problem. So did you think at that stage it was manageable? Oh, yeah. For me, it was manageable. But now I see with the back mirror, you know, I see that, oh, I was in so much trouble already, you know, in my early 20s. You know, I was together with a, with a guy and he was quite older than me. And I think he wanted um, something else. You know, he wanted to have a family and all those things that you want when you maybe are in the, your 30s. And mm-hmm. I, you know, couldn't understand it. And I was like, this 13 or 13 year old girl still in my Mm. mind Mm. so I didn't took any responsibility you know I could Mm. be home home away from home for like three or four days and without you know calling where I was 
and of course it was a problem you know of course it was a lot of consequence who I did, that i didn't saw at the point that i was in trouble and then i think in my 30s because then i have kind of left the theater dreams and i started to work in um, this this big publishing house in sweden in in the media world and that was also kind of the, an environment that was okay to 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 drink it was a lot of people mm. who drank mm. too much and mm. i think i was kind of you know going to those places working for those companies where it was more okay mm. you know to 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 drink and maybe not come to work or stuff and it's that that sort of stage of your life where you're probably thinking well i work hard i'll play hard yeah mm. yeah and i did you know because in in my profession i was um because at the time i i i worked as a media salesperson and i did very well you know i was well known as a, the the person who do you know do big deals and you know so i kind of i think that they let me be because i was you know a good asset to the companies but they also knew that i was very unpredictable and um, at that point it started to become you know kind of troublesome for me i didn't show up for work on mondays and sometimes tuesdays i called in sick and i started to get more consequences and have my eyes on me and there was also where i got my um it was a bit of a turning point because the company i was working for one monday they it was ringing on the door and i was very drunk and uh, there was my ceo the hr guy my per, you know my nearest boss who was free bosses coming in, into my apartment and saying to me like giving me this ultimatum of, and otherwise either you come with us or we have to let you go and i was like okay i come with you <laughs> and they took me to this rehab so wow. i was in a re- my rehab my first rehab Gosh. when well, i we'll was s- yeah. yeah sorry well we'll, <laughs> we'll just stop there because i think that's that's okay. a really good point there just to, yeah. to not play another piece of music and then we'll yeah. pick up from there about the rehab great so your next piece of music is i can see clearly now by hot house flowers so yes. why why this Yes. Well, I cannot pick this one because this is um, this is one of my favorite songs. Even if this was not a real turning point for me, but it it was in my my mm. uh, in my my story. It's kind of you know I started to see a bit clearly, but then it was a mm. bit shady, and mm. it's also one of my favorite songs. I got yeah. married to this song also. <laughs> I can tell Aww. you about that later. Oh wow! All right. <laughs> Sunshiny day Think I can make it now the pain is gone All of the bad feelings have disappeared Here is the rainbow I've been praying for It's gonna be a bright such a day
Well, that was a wonderful version there of um, I Can See Clearly Now by Hot House Flowers. Great song. I've not heard that version before. I loved it. Really, I really great. It and, it's so yeah. good. And, and to have that at your wedding too. Wow. Well, you know, uh, uh, we did this playlist. So it was one of the, our big songs. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll go back now. So, so things were starting to have consequences your actions and and yeah. the drinking and um you cut the company that you work for pop you into rehab so yes. what happened then yeah you know that was you know and i was in shock you know i i didn't realize that i was in in that deep problems you know and at the rehab it was a 12 step rehab and that was my first um, time, you know, my first contact with the 12-step program. And uh, you need to say like, hey, I'm Anne and I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, being coming from this drama and theater background. So for me, it was easy. I was just playing a role. And even if I, you know, I believed it at the moment I was there, I, I was listening, um, but it didn't come into my proper foundation so it was four weeks and um, after um, you know after the four weeks you get this medallion and you you know it's bye-bye and uh, at my ceremony my CEO came you know my HR guy came and my my nearest boss came to the to the ceremony and we you know it was it was very touching and, and moving, you know, and they all believed in me. But what happened was when I went from the, uh, the rehab, the first thing I did when I came to Stockholm was go to a bar and have a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And there it was, you know, it was just taking, you know, starting um, picking up where I where where I stopped, actually. Mm -hmm. So the day after I called up to the rehab place and I was very scared because I did understand that. I have learned something in the rehab and that was, you know, alcohol is dangerous, especially for a person like me. So, uh, and they, of course, had this, um, they, they needed to report to my employer because they were the one paying for my, my rehabilitation. And then I got fired. And uh, so that was a big shock for me because even I didn't know who I was be, be, without my job because I've been drinking so much. So I kind of have wiped out my own personality. So I either was my job or I was my drink, you know? Mm -hmm. So that became that, you know, it was like falling down to this black, black hole mm -hmm. in, in space. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. And then I was drinking heavily uh, that summer. This was 2005. And uh, my mom and my dad were very worried for me. So my mom is an artist. So she said, Anne, come with me for this artist uh, weekend, you know, this painter artist weekend in this island in the Baltic Sea called Gotland outside Swedish East Coast. So I joined and uh, there I met my, my husband number two. 
-hmm. <laughs> and yes, because, you know, that is something that is, has been very symptomatic for me. That is like, everyone is going to save me, you know. So, you know, I thought that everyone could save me and they couldn't, you know. And, um, you know, I found this, this guy, he was a chef and uh, was serving the food, uh, cooking the food in, in one of the restaurants there when, when all these artists went to. And we can, you know, we find each other, right? You know, we addictive personalities. So, and he saw me and I saw him and there we, we exchanged numbers and three weeks later I was there. And a couple of months later, I was married. Wow. This geographical es escape that also became very dangerous because what I didn't know then that he was like a kind of a dangerous person. Mm -hmm. And um, I was finding myself not just being full blood alcoholic person in a, in a very, you know, deserted island in the Baltic Sea. Uh, I was also in a very violent relationship. And I always said to, you know, other girls who have been in, in danger, you know, in violent, domestic violent relationship, I was like, why doesn't they leave? They must be stupid. And now I was finding myself to be one of those girls, you know, and you're not stupid. Of course not. You are just, your personality has become so, you know, your, mm. your world is so small and you don't think that you're worth anything. Mm. And you're lost, really. Yeah, I was mm. so lost. So all I did was drinking and finding myself in this very dangerous relationship who mm. ended, you know, with a bang, mm. with a proper bang. Mm. So, yeah. So that was a dangerous, um, and that's also something that I have been drinking on, you know, because I almost died. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? I was almost being murdered. Mm. So that's why I'm drinking, you know? And I was feeling myself, you know, be, being this self-pityful person and mm. blaming everybody else mm. and not seeing my own part you know mm. i was the one moving to this desert island mm. <laughs> you know yeah. i was the one i you know it's it, we need to also take our own personal uh, responsibility mm. and i didn't do uh, i didn't do that and that almost cost me my life so not only that i was you know one of those girls who could have been one in the st statistics you know one of those murdered person but no and i survived thank god you know wow. but th that Tragism. was yeah you know mm. and i was in this post-traumatic stress syndrome for a long time okay well we'll stop there Anne, and just play another record there if that's okay yeah. um your next piece of music you've chosen colors by layla um yeah lale lale so La, yeah, no, no, no. She's a Swedish artist okay. and uh, she has a special name. Yeah, she's one of my favorite artists. Lovely. Well, let's give this a listen. Thanks. Thank you. Fighting for me. They said, put your tricks aside. How can I? I don't. I never did. I don't know how to. Just because it's black and the dark 
Well, that was a wonderful song. Um, that was Colours by Lala. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio. We're talking to Anne today. So that song must have really reflected where you were at that that moment, that stage of, of your life. And things went quite badly after that, didn't they? They got yeah, kind yeah, of... It- yeah, it was a spiral, yeah. you know. You yeah. you know when you sometimes you know when you're taking out the dishwater water mm. in the sink, mm. right? You see the spiral, the the water going down very fast, and that was my life. It mm. was a rapidly quick spiral downhill, coming home from 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 this island back to Stockholm, and in this um, in this state of uh, being very you know PTS, uh, you know the post traumatic. Mm. Mm. stress syndrome and uh, becoming you know becoming even more uh, a heavy drinker you know if that mm. was even possible and y- your health became affected as well didn't you just mention yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so you know when because I didn't drink, drink um, like every every day I was you know one of those periodic mm. drinkers so when I came back to Stockholm I, I got myself a job because the rumors had had come to all the publish house that I was back mm-hmm. uh, so I got jobs uh, job offers because you know people wanted you know they wanted my services because I was still you know very good in my work but but now it had become really bad you know because now I was even more unpredictable and and I was leaving the jobs before I got fired and you know that vicious cycle and I also started when I had my drinking periods, I, I got these, you know, delirium treatments, I got the epileptical seizures, mm-hmm. and I needed to, to get help. So this was the first time I was going to the detox places. Mm-hmm. And you, you went several times didn't you it was an incredible number when I read it, it was... yeah I know I, I mean it's nothing that I'm proud of but mm. I, I took the numbers down because I wanted to remind myself mm. and the numbers is 49 times at the detox wow. place before I finally got sober mm. Mm. and it's not just the detox place I went to several uh, rehabs I went to several you know um, therapy sessions I went to abuse treatment mm-hmm. I you know psychologist psychologist and everything but nothing worked mm-hmm. because I wasn't ready mm-hmm. so what was the crisis then that actually brought you into recovery so this is you know I've been sober now for nine years actually I, my sobriety date is 13th of April so it's a couple of weeks back I, I had my nine year sobriety brilliant and well done thank you thank you Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are winners yeah. so so this was um Easter 2012 and I was sitting in my apartment and I remember I was just looking around as you know what happened what happened mm. and it was like monkeys has been tossing themselves in in the in the um car, what do you call it the curtains blinds yeah and it was uh, cigarette butts everywhere food uh, cans bottles you know it looked like this horrible place you know from train spotting you know one mm. of those images horrible mm. 
And I called, uh, I had no money and I had no alcohol left. And I called one of those vodka delivery men. You know, you can always get alcohol, of course. And he said, and you cannot, you cannot have anything from me because you never pay me. And I, I just like give him, I was giving him a hard time. So he said, okay, I come with a bottle. And I took the bottle and I drank it in one go, you know, a couple of minutes in one go. And I didn't feel anything. And that was, you know, that that terrible feeling of becoming so scared because I, I was too scared to live and I was too afraid of killing myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And I took the decision like, okay, I don't know what it was that made me take the decision to put on some clothes and go down to the, the detox place for my 49th time. And it took me all, almost an hour to go down normally it takes like five minutes from my apartment because I was so sick you know my legs couldn't Mm. hold me up and I went in there uh, to the detox place and I was numb I was like I was dead I was like I was walking like a dead person you know it was just my body who were functioning I was just hollow and after a couple of days in the rehab, um, the, the girl who I was sharing a room with, she was very sick in, in a heroin um, absence. So she was being in her bed all the time. And she said, can you come over to my bed? Is something like that I want to share with you. And I was like, I didn't want to because I despite her. You know, I, I thought I was better, but I wasn't. <laughs> I was in the same bed, you know. But after a while, I came to her bed and he asked, she asked me to sit down and she took her hand and put it on my knee. And she said, you know, Anne, today it's Friday the 13th, but maybe after all, it's not a bad, bad luck day because there is a star that is shining over you and that star is giving you hope. And, you know, I didn't know that then that that would be the the big turning point for me i didn't know my life would change so much that moment of kindness there gosh you know you know that was because i was so fed up i think she could have said what anything (laughs) but she said those golden words you know the star hope faith Mm. And I remember I, I rushed to the phone um, in the detox place and I called my mom and I said, mom, do you know there is hope for me? And she said, yeah, I always wow. know there is hope for you. Wonderful. Well, we're going to stop there and play another piece of music while I recover, I think, myself. <laughs> I found that very emotional. Thank you. Um, so um, the next piece of music is Servant of Peace. Um, by Santam Kaur. Yeah, right. I'm not so good with saying the name. Santam right. Kaur, something okay. like that. So, what, what, why this piece of music? Oh, it means everything to me. You know, it has been my my cuddle blanket. It has been my meditation song. It has been my friend through all my recovery, through all my sobriety time. Um, it's beautiful. It's in Sanskrit. But it's a passage uh, in English where she is um, singing the words of San Francisco's prayer, which is a very beautiful prayer. Mm, so mm, wonderful. please enjoy this one. It's oh, we will. Thank you. Mm. 
Well, that incredible piece of music was Servants of Peace by Santam Kawa. That was the most incredible, moving, healing piece of music I think I've ever heard. It's uh, really blew me away. I'm sure all our listeners will be feeling the same as well. And to have St. Francis Prayer there as well. Gosh, what, what a yeah, wonderful it's, it's what beautiful, a wonderful you know, it, it oh. gives you a lot of comfort and a lot of, it's it's like a, a cozy blanket, mm. you know, it's it's like a soothing, beautiful, it's like a mm. bath, you know, I love it. Mm. All right, so we'll move on now to things started to change after that moment, I, it, I feel, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And the strange thing was when I was released from the detox place after I got my star and Friday the 13th is not a bad luck day anymore, you know, all mm-hmm. those things happened. So, and I remember uh, the doctor who was signing me out, he used to be my doctor before, but he said, previous years he said I cannot work with you anymore because you're not listening to me and you will soon be dead and um, so he was the one odd or god the guy who was signing me out and he said something happened with you Anne and I said yeah do you know there is hope for me and he said yes of course (laughs) and uh, so he is uh, you know 12-step person and he said well and why don't you go down and take a meeting you know and then you take meetings for for two weeks and then we meet each other outside the the clubhouse and then we go and uh, have a patient doctor you know meeting so it was like I was um, like a robot you know Mm. (laughs) it Mm. was like okay I go down for a meeting and so I did that and for the first time ever I was listening you know in one of those self-help meetings I was listening to what the guys were talking about and I felt so much uh, recognition. You know, I was like, wow, they're, you know, they are talking about me. This is, Mm. you know, it was one of those moments and I got new friends. Mm. And um, so I did that for two weeks. And then I met my doctor outside the clubhouse and he was like, wow, you came. And I said, yeah, you told me to. (laughs) It was the first time I ever listened, Mm. you know. And then uh, things started picking up, you know, my, my former boss who had fired me, he, because, you know, I was posting a lot of things on social media that I think he saw like some, some kind of changing things, you know, so he mm-hmm. called me and said, Anne, uh, what is happening with you? And I said, I'm sober, you know, it's amazing. I'm sober. And he said, well, uh, I want to give you your job back, but one tiny thing and you're out of here. And I was like, okay, okay, no worries. And so I got my job back and I, you know, slowly but surely I started to, to this was not happening in, in one week, of course not, but, you know, slowly I felt alive. You know, when you're drinking water after you've been very thirsty, you feel like it coming into all your veins in your body and that was becoming sober for me you know I felt stuff for the first time and that saw stuff you know it yeah was and that, that power of connection as well with with other alcoholics how how, yeah. how that is such a powerful thing to have in your life isn't it amazing you know because before I felt so alone mm. I didn't understand what was wrong with me and you know having the support with other people who understood what i was talking about and mm. and i could you know take uh, you know 
follow those who had, you know, walk before me, you know, who had something that I wanted to have. Mm. And finally, I got this six months sobriety. I was like, it had never happened before. Wow. You know, yeah, maybe when I was 12 and a half years old, then I was, you know, six <laughs> months sober. But it never happened before. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I brought my, my CEO, my, co uh, my co-workers to this open uh, self-help meeting and I took my six months medallion <laughs> and I was talking like an Oscar speech. I was like, I want to thank my, I want to thank my doctor. I want to thank my mama. I want to thank my CEO. I want to, you know, I want to thank my higher power. <laughs> it was like I had this invisible Oscar statuette in my hand. Brilliant. Yes. And I can feel a bit like, you know, I feel a bit embarrassed nowadays when I think about it, but still I was so enormously proud and happy. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh. So that was just amazing. Brilliant. Well, look, we'll stop there for another piece of music now. So, um, We've got another day of sunshine from La La Land cast. Yeah, I love this. Oh, I love this. This is a happy tune. Okay, listen to that. <laughs>
Wow, that was great. That was uh, another day of sunshine from La La Land. Great song. Um, oh, you're, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, um, coming to you from a very ad and the living room. Uh, our guest today is Anne, who's been fabulous talking to us. So <laughs> we've found recovery. So, yes. so what, what, what has recovery taught you? Oh, everything. You know, I told you before, like, it felt like I, I stopped in age. You know, my body were aging. I become 39 years old when I was getting sober, but I was still 13 in my mind, you know. Mm. So it was, for me, it was, you know, uh, learning new stuff, learning to become a human, learning compassion, learning gratitude, learning being thankful, learning faith, you know, everything. And also small things like, what do I like? Do I like coffee? Do I like tea? You know, is my favorite color black or is it blue? You know, I didn't know because all I was focused on before was just drinking. So for me, it was, you know, growing up and growing up with, with my fellow fellows in, in the program is like, they become family. It's like I have sisters and brothers all over the world, you know, and it's amazing and uncles and, and um, you know. <laughs> so, you know, recovery had taught me so much. And, and also, I think the, the most important for me is being grateful because you know every day is a gift because i didn't took my life serious i don't take my life seriously i am a very happy joyous person you know in my foundation in my my core but i didn't i wasn't grateful for my life before so now i need to make that up so you know make it up for all those years who i didn't um took my life so you know because it's a gift mm. it is a gift so I think that is what sobriety and recovery had taught me is being grateful mm. and that that gift of being able to rediscover ourselves isn't it and yeah begin and to also, enjoy life and also the fact you know of not being afraid you know being fearless mm. because I was so driven by my fears before I was scared for everything but I didn't act as I was scared because but that was my foundation back then I would I was very scared and afraid but now I'm telling when I'm getting a bit like hesitating for something you know I ask myself the question what is the worst thing that can happen and you know honestly it's not so much because you know we've been in a dark place we know what it feels to be you know, you know, in this dark hole that I talked about earlier, you know, it's like walking on moon, Mm. on the surface of moon and shouting. It's like, where are you? (laughs) And, and here I am, you know, and I'm so proud to, to one day at a time being sober. And it's a, it's a gift. And, you know, and that is something, you know, we talk to, those early days in sobriety is like life will become you know life is here life is amazing it's so beautiful and of course I have days that is not so you know ask my husband <laughs> you know some days it's not like Woo-hoo, I'm so happy to be alive <laughs> of course not but you know the the 
most days are very much like a rainbow, you know, with a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, well, we'll listen to um, another piece of music there, and we've got one more after that. So, um, so this is Gravity uh, by Embrace that you've chosen. This is a, uh, another favorite of mine. <laughs> so yeah, why this? Because this is the, the soundtrack of me and my husband. You know, he's from the UK and he sent this to me when we just have met. He's like, oh. Anne, this is, this is you and me. And he's this a Yorkshire is, man. He's a Yorkshire man. <laughs> <laughs>
So that was Gravity by Embrace. Um, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from a very ad in the living rooms. And we're sort of coming to an end, sadly. <laughs> uh, no, I think we could go on for quite quite a while longer, but <laughs> we've uh, we've got to kind of wind things up, sadly. So you have recovery in your life. You have a good support network. You've got romance and love in your life. Yeah, you know what is amazing. I just briefly want to just mention one thing. So when I had one year of sobriety, I took my mom to New York and to celebrate my 40th birthday, she getting into pension and one year of sobriety. So we went to this open meeting of self-help meeting. And when we came out after I picked up my coin, you know, my one year of sobriety coin, then my mom said, ah, do you see? So over the clubhouse on Manhattan, Times Square, the big city, you know, big lights, one star is shining and that was like wow so that was so amazing and that kind of you know that kind of a magic feeling that everything is like magical and in a good way not like hocus pocus you know Mm. that have you know followed me through my my years of sobriety and why do I live here in Doha is because you know I had this solo trip I love traveling and I've been traveling a lot by myself. I think that is the best way of traveling. <laughs> and I had a stopover in, in, uh, in Qatar on my way to, to Colombo and Sri Lanka. And by, by chance, I met this guy at the airport and who were living in, in Qatar, a British guy. And we start talking and he said, oh, so you have eight hours in Doha. Why don't you come with me for a coffee? And I said, okay, after all, you are British and very much a gentleman, but I need to know a bit more about you. So uh, I had his business card. <laughs> I took a screenshot. I sent it to my CEO <laughs> and my mom. And I said, I'm going out for today from the airport. So I joined him for a dinner and then he took me back to the airport. And we kept in touch. And six months later, he came to visit me in Stockholm. And then we fell in love. And the rest is history. So I moved to Qatar one and a half year later. Oh, wow. So, you know, and, and we got married the same day. We met each other 2020. So, yeah, like nine months ago. And, you know, everything, the life is here. It's just for us to grab it, right? And not be, to be scared what's around the, the, the corner, you know. And what is the worst thing that can happen? You know, the only thing we need to be, aware of is our sobriety you know one day at a time and take that serious but the rest we don't have to take that serious mm-hmm. in, in and, my opinion and, yeah and, and that star was always there and it was just it was hidden by the clouds exactly mm-hmm. and I didn't you know and that's the beauty because that's I have my star but there is a zillion of stars in the mm-hmm. universe mm-hmm. and there is star for all of us so you know if you know someone is feeling like there isn't hope for me. Yes, there is. Mm. There is a star shining over you and you and you and all of us. Mm. We are all freaking superstars. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, well, look, I, I think we have got to come to an end. We've got one final piece of music to play. Um, just, just quickly, though, um, the Anne now, what would you say to the younger Anne? Oh, I would say just... What would I say? Don't be so scared. Uh, don't fall into the trap, you know. 
just go the the, the go the middle of the street don't go on the sideways you know just don't get lost no and if you get lost go back and try to find the back you know the the the, the way back you know there is always brilliant. a way back brilliant that's lovely well thank you so much Anne it's been a delight I've, I've really enjoyed the interview I've, I've had a bit of a cry I've had a laugh and we've had oh. a bit of a dance as well so what more can you fit into an hour it's been oh, it's great. been great it has been thank really you. good yeah thank you so so much and uh, thank you my friends thank you to all the listeners um I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. You know, Annie's our first international star on the show. So, you know, hopefully we'll have some more international people coming along and telling their stories as well. And, uh, you know, this radio programme is going worldwide. I mean, we've got listeners all over the world, which is absolutely brilliant for us. So, you know, we ask for your support all the time. Please, please follow us on Facebook, on all the media stuff. And, yeah, just, um, you know, stay with us because... Uh, we're very passionate about it and want and want to support other people that are out there to uh, to find recovery and get well. So that that's the aim of all this. So yeah, so a big big thank you to um, Ad Veriad and the Living Room for letting us put on this Recovery Now radio show. Let's recover together. Thanks to Greg for putting it all together for us and keeping us in order. I don't think there's anything else for me to say now. <laughs> I think I think that's that's the show over. <laughs> Uh, but there's you. one yeah thanks Anne there's one last piece of music this is a, a cracker as well so oh. we've got Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warns so I love this piece of music too so we'll end on this take care everybody see you Anne thank God bless. you take care bye
road Yes, long There are mountains In our way But we climb a step Every day Love lifters up where we belong Where the eagles cry On a mountain high Love lifters up where we belong Far from the world we know Where the clear winds blow Time goes by Love you. 